In the past, uh, somebody with trial experience could easily uh, make a move uh, and, and find a job fairly quickly. Uh, this wasn't the case this past year. 2008 was uh, just a kind of doom and gloom, and, and uh, it was it was very difficult. Uh, what I ended up doing is uh, because as a trial attorney, you use selling skills. Um, I kind of fell into this uh, position, selling furniture. This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Lawyer to Lawyer is sponsored by Law.com, produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today. This is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from Massachusetts. And I'm Craig Williams from sunny Southern California. Today's show is sponsored by Clio, Huron Consulting Group, Landy Insurance, and Top Class Actions. And I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court and have a book out called How to Get Sued. And Bob, I'm announcing today for the that we've joined the law firm of Sedgwick, Dieter, Moran, and Arnold. The Williams Lindbergh Law Firm no longer exists, so we're in some new digs here in Irvine. Well, congratulations, Craig. It sounds like a great move for you. Well, uh, you're making a, a good move. Unfortunately, uh, not everybody is is uh, is fortunate these days. It's it's been a, a rough couple of months for the legal profession, and in particular, the last few weeks, uh, as law firms have seen uh, the effect of the economy hit them, and lawyers and law students alike have seen that. We've seen salary freezes, uh, a number of layoffs at some of the larger firms and some of the smaller firms. Uh, and uh, and what about law students? What does this all bode for them? Will there be jobs when they get out of law school? Well, today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to hear a real-life story from a trial attorney who has experienced the ups and downs after a layoff and discuss his personal experience after lawyering. And we'll hear about the impact on some law firms, both large and small. First, we're going to talk to a, a professor uh, who's looked at this issue and uh, and then be joined by that attorney. We'll have two guests today. Our first guest today is William D. Henderson is Associate Professor of Law at Indiana University's Moorer School of Law. Professor Henderson joined the Indiana Law Faculty in 2003 following a visiting appointment at Chicago Kent College of Law and a judicial clerkship for Judge Richard Cudahy of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit. He teaches various business law courses, including corporations, business planning, and a class on law firms as business organizations. Uh, in conjunction with other Indiana law faculty, he is currently developing a, a new course called The Legal Profession, which will explore how different practice settings, uh, such as corporate practice versus criminal defense versus government law practice, influence the moral and ethical duties of lawyers. Welcome to the program, Bill Henderson. Thank you very much. And Bob, our next guest is attorney Paul Smenza. He's a trial attorney, formerly with the law office of Arthur E. Levine in Boston, Massachusetts. Paul's legal experience includes 25 years of general practice, including five years as an Essex County bar advocate, accepting court appointments, and the last eight years spent practicing in the insurance defense area. 
Paul is also an elected official on the Wakefield, Massachusetts Planning Board. He served there as chair for two years and has worked with its local court as a conciliator in its civil session. Since his firm administered layoffs, Paul is currently working at a popular furniture store. Welcome to the show, Paul Semenza. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, Paul, let's have you start off the program by sharing your story with our listeners so we can kind of get a start and a foundation for what we're talking about today. Okay. Um, well, my background, as you said, I've uh, been practicing uh, since 1982. I passed the bar, uh, 25 years of practice. Uh, part of the practice was uh, general practice, criminal, uh, civil, uh, domestic relations, real estate zoning. In the last eight years, uh, doing basically negligence, uh, insurance, defense uh, work for uh, firms in Boston. Um, and uh, after about two and a half years for uh, the firm I was working for, um, the business uh, within, the, within the last year uh, just kind of went away, and uh, we went from six attorneys to there's one attorney left uh, at the firm uh, that was doing the trial work. And so what, what happened to you, Paul, after, after, as the firm began to uh, cut down on its staff? Uh, I was laid off, uh, actually, in, in January of last year um, and uh, have been job hunting ever since uh, and just found that the, uh, the economy in, in the, the legal field uh, it wasn't um, like it was in the past. In the past, uh, somebody with trial experience could easily uh, make a move uh, and and find a job fairly quickly. Uh, this wasn't the case this past year. 2008 was uh, just a kind of doom and gloom, and, and uh, it was it was very difficult. Uh, what I ended up doing is uh, because as a trial attorney, you use selling skills. Um, I kind of fell into this uh, position. Selling furniture, uh, so it's not a big stretch. Uh, but I, my first love is the law. And have you continued to look for for work in the uh, legal profession, or have you kind of suspended that for a while and uh, learning about the the furniture business? I guess uh, <laughs> I'm learning about the furniture business, but yes, I, I'm continuing to look uh, into the law. Uh, it's it's slow, but uh, I'm hoping that. Uh, Something will break uh, in this year so I can get back to practicing. Uh, I just uh, I enjoyed everything about being a uh, litigator. Why do you think that law firms are being hit so hard? Uh, maybe you can give us an overview as well on, on what's going, in, going on in the law firms. Uh, this is Bill Anderson. Uh, listening to Paul's story is really uh, uh, very interesting because I, 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 it's not uh, uh, obvious to me that uh, that uh, that his story is directly connected to what's going on uh, in the larger uh, economy, because you would think that uh, that uh, that uh, people uh, involved in cases of negligence uh, or uh, 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 insurance defense work wouldn't necessarily be prone to uh, uh, cycles in the economy, and definitely not to booms or busts that are related to the larger uh, mortgage. Uh, phenomenon. So, uh, so uh, um, 
uh, that may be uh, related to a broader social phenomenon, something actually we just talked about in my uh, uh, class today uh, related to uh, uh, tort reform and how ha that has uh, affected uh, uh, the uh, the uh, volume of claims that are being brought and the, uh, the types of settlements that can be drawn. And uh, that uh, ultimately, while it's, it makes it more difficult to bring a, uh, a plaintiff's lawsuit, that's ultimately going to redound or affect uh, the, uh, uh, the, the work viability for insurance defense counsel. And so I know that the, the data that we generated uh, for the Indiana State Bar Association, we were, we were targeting uh, the entire Indiana State Bar Association, then we broke it down into large firms and small firms. And just looking at firms uh, of, of, of 10 lawyers or smaller, uh, we queer, queried the, the, the type of work they were interested in getting more of and the type of work they would like to uh, uh, let go of. And uh, uh, the work that they were most interested in was the trust and estates work, business transactions, real estate transactions, but work that they were trying to get rid of or would like less of was insurance defense work. And so I, I, want, I would like to be careful to, to, to not uh, uh, co-mingle or uh, put together uh, the uh, the, the, the difficulties that Paul's having regarding losing work as an insurance defense trial lawyer, I mean, that's a valuable skill being a trial lawyer uh, with the broader uh, issue of what's going on in the, in the, in the, uh, for larger law firms in particular, which is uh, being driven by uh, just a complete dry up in capital markets type uh, work. And, 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 and any kind of transactions that rely on credit, that work is just uh, drying up. And it was the most remunerative work. And now, uh, uh, and so a lot of firms leverage themselves in terms of, uh, of, of hiring lawyers to do type of work that really was very remunerative and now is dried up. And the cost structures uh, have to be sliced. These are high fixed costs. Getting rid of uh, associates and attorneys, giving them severance, uh, really affects the bottom line. And so uh, uh, this is, we are in, 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 in difficult times. Paul's situation, I think, speaks to a slightly different economic dynamics than uh, mortgage or, and, and capital markets-related phenomenon. So was this a study that you did for the Indiana Bar Association? I, I, yeah, I missed we, the, we, I missed we the reference. It. Yeah, we did it. We, re, we it was done in 2007, and, and there was a uh, I think we had 1,700 respondents, and we were querying them on a on a range of different uh, 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 issues related to billing practices and, and the finances. And uh, 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 by and large, that the Indiana Bar was relatively happy. They were doing uh, they they were financially doing okay. Uh, but uh, the, 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 in particular, the uh, lawyers that were most affected uh, by the broader trends were solo and small firm uh, 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 lawyers. And so the, the, the background conditions uh, that maybe the, that's affecting Paul have been going on for quite a long time. I mean, we, again, that there's broader background conditions, and then there's the cyclical conditions that we're dealing with. It. So we have a confluence of forces here. So what you say is the the solos and small firms have were were hit already. I mean, this has been going. This there, there's been a downhill slide for them over the last couple of years. Whereas at the larger firms, uh, there's something uh, more uh, more crisis uh, more more of a crisis going on among lawyers at the larger firms. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it because because the the, uh, the there's been a kind of a systemic. Uh, a, a change that's affecting a solo and small firm uh, uh, lawyers that I kind of, kind of a, a slow, uh, gradual, uh, I wouldn't say, uh, let's put it to you this way, when you separate larger 
larger firm lawyers and smaller firm uh, lawyers, the, the large firm lawyers have done really well over the last couple of decades, uh, and it's been more of a mixed bag for uh, solo and small firm uh, practitioners. But in terms of when you, in, at least in Indiana, when you separate out large firm, medium-sized firm, and small firm lawyers, and you ask them about increases uh, in real income or holding steady or actual declines in real income, uh, statistically significant higher proportion of solo and small firm practitioners report uh, diminutions in their in their real uh, earnings. And uh, overwhelmingly, large firm lawyers were, were reporting you know substantial real gains in earnings over the last uh, five years. So this all predates our current recession. Paul, as you're going through this process, what do you find, what are you hearing from potential employers about their hiring? What are they saying? Uh, <laughs> who's hiring? That, that's, the, uh, that's the problem. Uh, is, there's, there's not a lot of firms uh, in the uh, private sector that, that have been hiring. And uh, in the public sector, uh, at least in Massachusetts, there has uh, basically been a hiring freeze. And they... Uh, Higher, uh, just based on necessity, and they, and they will not. Uh, it's basically not hiring unless it's absolutely necessary. So it's been difficult on on that end um, to uh, offer services, and and uh, there's just not that much out there. Have you considered hanging out a shingle, going solo? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I say that, uh, and a lot of people ask that. Uh, uh, it's uh, I would rather have the, the work to be done. Bring, bring me the work, I'll do it, uh, than trying to run a law office. Uh, I, I, even in this economy, there's uh, way too many attorneys, uh, and it, it, it's just saturated in the Boston area and surrounding areas. So uh, I've I've not considered going uh, solo. Have you? I wonder if if you. Have seen if while you were still practicing, you saw a little bit of of what Bill was alluding to, which was, I guess, the sort of uh, maybe a gradual decline uh, in work uh, for a for a smaller firm. Uh, I mean, what what had it been like, you know, over the last couple of years of, of practice for you? Uh, it did uh, it did decline. It wasn't uh, something that was uh, you know a, a complete shock. Um, but uh, the work was declining, and, and it does run uh, sometimes cyclical. Uh, you would think with uh, negligence, defense, uh, uh, claims for personal injuries would, would increase in a bad economy, uh, and it used right. to be like that. Uh, it hasn't been like that in, in, in this economy. Um, but uh, we did see you know, a gradual decrease in, in the claims and in, in the cases that we were handling, and um, Kept busy uh, for a good long time, uh, and then again, it, it it just dried up. Bill, what do you what Bill? What would you recommend to Paul? I mean, in the situation that he's in right now, as I'm sure a lot of lawyers are, what kind of what should lawyers be doing to try and locate jobs? Yeah, that's a really good question. And as I'm thinking about Paul's situation and his reluctance to hang out a shingle, I would I'm actually pretty sympathetic to his uh, reluctance. I know that to uh, give you a a data point uh, to kind of put these things into context. Uh, In uh, in, uh, 1975, uh, there was a a study done by the American Bar Foundation, which is a, 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 a 
research organization uh, based in Chicago, freestanding, not affiliated with any uh, uh, law school, but originally funded by uh, members of the American Bar uh, Association. Uh, they uh, commissioned a very detailed study, uh, a random sample of uh, 800 lawyers in 1975, and they, you know, by all the different uh, practice areas. And at that time, in 19, uh, uh, the uh, in 1995 dollars, uh, they were making uh, they were making 95,000 to 99,000 uh, dollars a year as a solo practitioner. So I mean, they're they're making a pretty decent living. And they replicated the study uh, in uh, um, 1995. Again, holding dollars constant, uh, and their earnings were fifty-five thousand dollars a year as solo practitioners working full time, and where two percent uh, were working part time, uh, having other non-legal jobs working part time in 1975. It had gone up to, uh, to uh, oh, if my memory serves me correctly, forty uh, percent of the uh, of the uh, of the solo practitioners had a non-legal part time job. Uh, what that suggests to me is the laws of supply and demand kicking in. Uh, there's 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 eight. Uh, law schools in the greater Chicago metropolitan area uh, that feed into uh, the uh, into the legal market. Most people uh, that go to a regional law school stay in that market uh, after they graduate. As a matter of fact, uh, the, the the reason they enrolled in that particular law school was that it was proximate to, to where they lived, and they they didn't expect to uh, disrupt their uh, family re- relations. And over a period of time, uh, the uh, We've probably had more law school graduates than we actually have need for uh, for personal service uh, lawyers or, or need to service uh, small uh, businesses. Uh, Paul's in a, in a metropolitan area that I think has six uh, law schools uh, that, are, that are graduating uh, relatively large graduating classes every year, and so that we might expect that same uh, 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 competition for uh, kind of. Uh, 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 work that uh, that uh, that could be done by a solo practitioner. We just have we have more we have a lot of uh, uh, supply of lawyers that can do that work, and with a with a with a with a with a demand that's really affected by population. So if we have more solo practitioners that are going faster than uh, that our population as a whole on a per capita basis, uh, then the law of supply and demand are going to make it very unfavorable to be a solo practitioner. Uh, the flip side of this, based on some data that we had from the Indiana uh, State Bar Association, is, is that the metropolitan areas and communities that don't have law schools, solo practitioners tend to make more money at statistically higher levels. And so Paul may not want to hear this, but one possibility would be to move to uh, a part of the country uh, that doesn't have a lot of lawyers. Uh, uh, on a per capita basis, for example, North Carolina doesn't have a lot of lawyers, although they're starting a lot of law schools there in North Carolina, <laughs> and that problem may be remedied. But uh, Arizona would be another uh, another state that doesn't have a lot of law schools or a lot of lawyers on a per capita basis. But uh, that's probably not... Uh, uh, Good advice for Paul because I'm sure he's got family uh, uh, relationships and a social network, and and uh, you know, uh, career isn't necessarily a, a reason to move across the country. Well, forgetting Paul, what about what about the students who are in your classes? Should do law should law schools be doing something different right now in the way that they're preparing students to head off into this economy? <laughs> uh, I think so. We're trying to do that at, at Indiana, trying to get. To, uh, to educate our students on the basic fundamentals, the social and economic fundamentals of the legal industry, legal services industry that they're entering, I still uh, am a huge proponent that, uh, that law is a, uh, is a is a great career you can do uh, uh, 
uh, you can do good and you can do well, or you can do well and you can do good. Uh, I think it's still possible to do that. But it's a service industry, and you really need to uh, figure out a way to add value and anticipate uh, the direction of the economy and, and, the, uh, and look for opportunities to use lawyerly skills uh, to solve, uh, you know, uh, you know, business problems or social uh, problems. But it's vexing right now because we continue to have more and more law schools that are coming online, and so that uh, that uh, there may be, uh, uh, you know, uh, probably more lawyers than might be optimal. But uh, but uh, but we can't, uh, as a as a profession, necessarily turn off the supply of more uh, lawyers. So I think that uh, uh, that uh, uh, the situation will eventually resolve itself because uh, um, uh, I know that typically in a, in the down economy. Uh, law school applications go up, uh, and they're not going up uh, during this economic downturn. Why? Well, because law school tuition is going up quite a bit, and I think that there's better information available to students really evaluating whether whether law school is worth three years and worth uh, and worth a, a, a substantial financial investment or the uh, the debt. That said, for people that have a passion to do this kind of work, it's still uh, it's still uh, uh, lots of opportunities for for bright, well motivated uh, people, notwithstanding the current economic uh, climate that's uh, that, that, that Paul is uh, uh, is dealing with. But the, the economy will rebound, and there will be some uh, opportunities. But lawyers, my students in particular, have to think creatively. We're moving into a different uh, environment, and uh, the, the 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 historical lessons we've had in the past, lawyers are probably going to be doing different things in different venues in the future. There may be less trial practice, uh, but uh, but uh, they're going to be doing things like uh, collaborative mediation, which is a, a booming business from what I understand on the West Coast. Well, Bill and Paul, we need to take a short break. When we return, we'll talk more about the next steps for lawyers and law students and how to thrive in a down economy. TopClassActions.com ethically connects attorneys to potential clients. At TopClassActions.com, attorneys can review submissions, locate effective plaintiffs for new lawsuits, or advertise their settlement to add more claimants. With membership in our attorney network, you review complaints submitted by Top Class Actions viewers, and it's free to try. No credit card required for the free membership. Go to TopClassActions.com attorney. That's TopClassActions.com attorney. When it comes to protecting your legal practice, how confident are you that your professional liability insurance provides the best possible coverage for the best possible price? At the Herbert H. Landy Insurance Agency, we know that law firms insured with us can answer yes on both counts. Visit our website at www.landy.com for a convenient online application or call us at 800-336-5422 for prompt and personal attention. Huron Consulting Group's legal consulting practice, a leading provider of consulting and business services to corporations and law firms, helps align strategy, people, processes, and technology to meet the goals of the organization. We also help prepare and plan for all phases of discovery in a legal dispute or investigation. We establish an effective records management program that creates cost savings and enhanced productivity while minimizing risk. Check out Velocity, the first comprehensive e-discovery solution. For more information, visit us at www.huronconsultinggroup.com. 
Imagine how much easier managing your practice would be if your practice management software was web-based. Your practice would be available anywhere you have an internet connection, completely secure, backed up continuously, and most importantly, easy to use, allowing you to spend your valuable time building your practice instead of managing technology. Start simplifying your practice today with Clio. Sign up for a free, fully functional 30-day trial at www.goclio.com. Use promotional code L2L for a 25% discount. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrosi and uh, my co-host Jay Craig Williams. And I would like to welcome back our guest today, uh, Bill Henderson, Associate Professor of Law at Indiana University Morer School of Law. And attorney Paul J. Semenza, who uh, an experienced uh, trial lawyer in Massachusetts who was laid off last year and is currently working in a furniture store to help make ends meet. Uh, Paul, have, have there been any lessons that you've picked up out of this? Uh, younger attorneys turn to you for advice. Uh, do you have any to share that you've learned as a result of this experience? Uh I think you have to be adaptable. Um, use the skills that uh, you've learned over the years uh, and try to adapt it to whatever the economy uh, may provide you. Um, I, I certainly don't take anything for granted, uh, but I also do feel that, and I, I've been fortunate because I, I've enjoyed uh, being a trial attorney for, for so many years. Um, when I went to work, I enjoyed going to work, and, and there wasn't that many people that I could say about that, uh, uh, whether it's colleagues or people I see if I, I take a commuter rail, they're all complaining about the jobs uh, that, that they had to go to. Uh, I was <laughs> one of the few that would say, I, I'm, I enjoy going to work, and uh, I, uh, so I, I guess follow follow what's in your heart. If this is what you you like to do, uh, it makes it a heck of a lot easier to go to work uh, when when you enjoy the work and you're doing something that you you really want to do. Um, I've enjoyed it, and uh, trying to get back into it. And yet, you feel that you're actually using some of the skills that you picked up as a lawyer in, in what you're doing now. You say, yes. Yes, just uh, again, be, uh, being a trial attorney, uh, uh, when you're facing a, a jury uh, or a judge, uh, especially a jury, uh, you you have to sell them your case. Uh, you you have to uh, get the jury to like uh, you and your client, uh, and that's the same in in sales. Um, your your pot salesmanship when when you do uh, try cases. You know, Paul, there's a lot of lawyers that are in the profession that uh, really say that they hate it and they want to get out. Um, is this something you'd recommend for those lawyers? You know, stepping out and starting in a new profession and, you know, learning uh, how to do something a little bit different with the skills they've developed as a lawyer? Absolutely. If if, uh, if they hate it, and I've heard it from, from people, uh, they say they hate it, uh, but they're, they're still in it. Uh, do something else. Use your skills. Uh, you never know uh, what kind of profession. It, it, it doesn't have to uh, relate to the law, but you, you'll be able to use your skills in, in a, a different area or a different profession. Um, me, on the other hand, I, I, I still enjoy it, and uh, I, I, it's my first love as, as far as uh, any type of occupation that, that I'm looking to, to do. 
Bill, what are law students saying to you? What kind of fears are they expressing or alternatives do they, are, are they even thinking of alternatives as, as uh, potential jobs in the future? Uh, that's good. That, that's a good question. I think that uh, that uh, students are scared because the uh, um, there's, uh, in particular, some of the students that have been fortunate to, to land uh, uh, lucrative summer uh, clerkships have been in a situation where the, those those offers have been uh, rescinded. Uh, some of my students are going to be starting at uh, jobs uh, in the uh, in the fall that they have offers, and they're and they're hoping that those offers are still going to be uh, uh, good. Uh, but we've seen in Indiana, and I think that this is experience of other schools that 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 that, that, that not everybody that comes to law school necessarily wants to uh, wants to uh, practice a law, but they'd like to uh, or. They don't necessarily think that they're going to be doing that for their entire professional lives, but they'd like to get some legal experience, and uh, they're worried about it. Uh, uh, frankly, what am I uh, telling them to do? I'm telling them what I've said for quite a long time. It's really about the skills you develop and the relationships you develop and networking, and uh, people know that uh, that uh, you have a skill set, you're dependable, and that uh, you're the type of person uh, that they'd enjoy uh, working with, so I really think it's important to to uh, network. I've seen I had a student of mine uh, get a job uh, the other day. I found her to be an irrepressible uh, student. She was just a she she wasn't necessarily uh, the, the top of her class, but she ended up uh, through uh, through uh, networking uh, getting an absolutely terrific job uh, with a uh, a company. Uh, that uh, does uh, transnational commerce, and she's going to be working uh, in a foreign country this year, the country of her dreams, uh, primarily because of working her professional networks and, and people knowing her character and saying this is a person we can depend upon. And I think also highlighting her professional expertise uh, and her credentials uh, on an undergraduate uh, level and her prior work experience. If you look at the total composite, uh, uh, a lot of people have quite a few assets, and to 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 look at the resume and just say what's the what's the best way to pitch uh, this uh, this uh, this uh, bundle of credentials and work experience, and uh, and and present it in a way that's credible and it really can add value uh, to an organization. It's still it's still a shoe leather business. It's still a relationship. Uh, uh, business, the economy will uh, rebound. I don't think that's necessary to be Cassandra-like uh, quality to uh, to uh, to the legal services uh, uh, industry. This is still a great degree, and it's still uh, a great skill set. And plus, that uh, going to law school, you develop terrific relationships that'll last you uh, the rest of your life um, uh, with people that are going to go on to do great things, elected officials, business leaders. So uh, it's still about developing the relationships and getting the skills uh, and uh, the shoe leather quality. Well, gentlemen, we've about reached the end of our program, so we need to get you to wrap up with your final thoughts and then give us your contact information. So, Paul, let's start with you. Uh, yes, I, I agree with uh, what Bill just said, uh, networking. Um, I enjoy uh, working for uh, and with people, uh, and I, I think that that's very important uh, in in my profession uh, in, as being a trial attorney um, to realize that uh, because you're networking with with everybody that you you run across, whether it's a court personnel, other attorneys. Um, so I I, I think. Everybody out there, they, they should network, uh, and uh, I'm hoping that 
uh, will result in uh, me getting back into uh, being a trial attorney. So in the event that somebody that's listening to the program wants to offer you a job, how are they going to reach you? They can reach me. Uh, my email address is p.semenza, uh, that's S-E-M-E-N-Z-A, at Comcast.net. And Bill, can we get you to wrap up with your final thoughts and your contact information? Sure. Uh, I suppose the point I want to make is is that uh, there's a lot of media messages regarding uh, uh, lawyers, and I think it's by disposition we, we tend to be uh, uh, kind of depressive uh, pessimists. But but the actual data on on lawyer happiness is overwhelmingly uh, points in the direction of lawyers being satisfied with their career choices. And just the other day, the after the JD study announced their findings that that the class of 2000. Uh, 76% were happy with their decision to uh, to uh, uh, become a lawyer. And I know, noticed when I read the article in the ABA Journal uh, that it surprised the Massachusetts, uh, uh, the head of the Massachusetts uh, bar. And so, uh, 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 so I guess my sympathy goes out to Paul. Maybe, maybe that, maybe uh, that's not the the, the commonplace uh, result in Massachusetts. But overwhelmingly, uh, people are still happy. Young lawyers are still happy that they got the law degree and that they're and that they chose this particular uh, profession. So uh, um, I suppose the data is, is that you can have a satisfying career in the legal profession. Just to, just to, just keep on applying yourself. And my contact information, Indiana Law School, is uh, email address w-i-h-e-n-d-e-r at indiana.edu. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for your participation in the program today. I'm sure that our listeners are going to find this very interesting and very timely. And, uh, Bob, that just about does it this week for Lawyer to Lawyer. And to our listeners, remember, all of our Lawyer to Lawyer shows can be found at LegalTalkNetwork.com. That's right. And there's also the uh, archive uh, of our programs on iTunes as well. My thanks to both of our guests today. I really appreciate your time. And uh, good to talk to you. And, Craig, you and I will talk again next week. We'll see you then, Bob. In the meantime, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. Lawyer to Lawyer has been sponsored by Law.com. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.